Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I could do a whole series on Borders Bookstore. That's where I spent my childhood. Same. Yeah. It's also where I used to find guys to hook up with when I was a teenager. Same. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's just like being prey for pedophiles. Yes, yeah. it is. And that is why Borders <laughs> did close. Yeah. Fran, very happy to see you wearing, I think, your most expensive and stylish piece of clothing, which is of a tie-dye shirt with a marijuana leaf on it that I bought you on the first trip we ever took together oh. to Palm Springs. Memories, <laughs> all alone in the- Yes, I'm really glad you're wearing, you know, an expensive designer curated piece of clothing because today we are talking all about fashion through the lens of iconic 2006 film The Devil Wears Prada and here to help us do that is Nori Reed, incredible comedian and TV writer. We're going to dive in all things fashion, rom-com, Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway because this is like a virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu and I'm Fran Trotto. Fran, what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. Are you wearing the... Am I wearing the tie-dye weed dollar bin shirt that you gave me? Yes, I am. Let me tell you. So Drake dropped a surprise album called Honestly Nevermind, which is such like a kind of like fuckboy TikTok kind of album title and it was kind of immediately deemed the ketamine album because 
it just has a kind of trancey house feel. And I would say that the beats, there there are more beats than there is rapping. Like a, some of the songs have a very minimal amount of rapping and it's all just kind of like dance music. It's good. I'm not gonna lie. It's I mean, it's it's some of it is really background music, but it's like it, it really shook me. Um, it found me at a very specific place <laughs> during my week where I came home from a function very late at night and I had a photo shoot the next morning and I just got very, very stoned and put on the album because it had just dropped and I got into the shower and shaved <laughs> all of my body hair. <laughs> While listening to this Drake album, very stoned. And I was like, what is going on with my life? But it was actually like a very meditative, like, beautiful experience. And the, the album, lent, I think, lent itself to, to, to that specific scene of, of my life. I don't, I don't know that I've ever listened to a Drake album all the way through, like from from top to bottom. But I am interested in this because I have seen so many people whose music tastes I trust talking about it and saying that it's good. So I definitely will check it out. Did he announce it the same night Beyonce announced? I don't know, actually. And we have to talk about the Beyonce of it all. But real quick, like, I'm not really much of a Drake stan either. I really, really loved his album, Nothing Was the Same. That was, like, such an era of New York for me. I loved his Take Care era. I love Nice For What. Um, So, you know, I dabble here and there. I feel like Drake collaborated one time with Jamie XX on Take Care, like, famously from The XX. is a very XX song. And this album, Honestly Nevermind, is influenced from that like, a decade ago. You know what I mean? And I really wish that he had just hired Jamie XX or someone like him to make what I think could have been slightly better house music. But what's on this album is good, but still, like, pretty generic. I feel like you would feel the same way. But I'd be interested to know what you think of it, because to me, it's kind of like a toothless, like, Jamie XX ripoff. But the, the, but the album definitely said I'll definitely, ketamine. I'll definitely give it a listen. I love that you're, like, <laughs> rubbing your tit as you talk about the Drake <laughs> album. Yeah, I am. Look, the, this album, it, it's it's giving sexual energy. Like, this album, this album is wearing a leak your sex tape bodysuit. <laughs> this album is giving Juvederm pewter jewelry only. You know, it's Pride Month, and everyone wants to be at least a little gay. Absolutely. And this album has Suzanne Barsha's phone number on their iPhone 6S, okay? <laughs> Not the 6S. Oh my god. <laughs> so, I was surprised that the Beyonce announcement d- did not make more of a cultural impact. Did you feel that way too? Like, obviously everyone was talking about it, yeah. but it was not to the same level as I feel like other Beyonce announcements have been. And maybe that's because we are used to her dropping entire albums. And so it just becomes this tidal wave so quickly. Um, RIP title. I actually don't know if that still exists, but I'm sure it It does. does, Unfortunately. Um, But this one, I think maybe because I got a heads up a couple hours before it was happening, that it was happening. (gasps) And maybe that's why I like, 
I wasn't on Twitter and like didn't see everyone like um, saying like, oh my God, Beyonce is coming. But I do think that, you know, obviously, uh, as we have established many times before, I am very much on TikTok. And I do think even though like I'm in my like little algorithm, I think I do see a good cross section of what's happening. And that is what I feel like I'm seeing of like the pulse of pop culture, like what people are talking about, what people are making TikToks about, especially younger people. And I just have not seen a lot about Beyonce, even from people on TikTok who are continuously talking about pop culture. So maybe like, maybe it's coming, you know, when the album comes, when Renaissance drops, you know, in July. But I, yeah, I was just surprised. And also, I guess, like, you know, the Vogue UK shoot was really good. But did she really, like, give anything away? I guess maybe that's what it is. It's like, there's not a lot to work with. That's it. There's a lack of information. There's, she's even selling merch that doesn't exist. People are buying merch online that does not exist. Has no actual, like, skew numbers or anything, which only Beyonce could do. I think you're right. There's a lack of information purposefully that kind of creates a lot of allure around it and we are recording on monday morning so tonight a beyonce song drops and maybe we'll have eaten our words or something but i will also say um shokanishi the designer that made her like kind of armor breastplate for the vogue shoot was designing something for me that week for like this party that um my friend cheeky through and you can basically say that I wore the same garment as Beyonce. Wow, you're like Destiny's cousin. Do you know <laughs> Destiny's cousin? <laughs> Destiny's prima. Um, do, have you heard the tea about the album? No. What's the tea? There's some tea that came out uh, in March of this year that Honey Dijon is producing a lot of that's the tracks incredible on the album. That that would be, would be the gag. a gag. You know what I mean? And and it makes a lot. Of sense. Beyonce yeah. is always on trend. Honey and like this wave and era of like disco y house music that's in a lot of contemporary like albums right now. If Beyonce did that, it would be incredible. And for those who don't know, the children out there who need to be educated, Honey Dijon is a legendary, legendary. New York City DJ, has some incredible albums of. Really amazing dance music. Um, she is incredible remixes. She is an icon. Um, definitely go check her out. A fashion mogul. I mean, she, she is. Honestly, she is one of the one of the OG New York dolls. I have a. I have something that you know has been on my heart. Okay. Well, let me start with this. I miss pampered hands a lot. <laughs> like I miss our nail salon so much. I, I mean, these, look at, so busted. Look at these busted nails. The virgins can't see, but I'm holding up a pewter um, You're nail giving set. me the finger, which I don't I'm, appreciate. I'm literally holding, I'm sorry, that was an accident. Um, but like, I don't think we realize, you and I collectively realize how good we have it at Pampered Hands. Because Daylin has these girls, like, trained down, and it doesn't matter which girl you get, they always give you the exact same manicure that is like such a crystal clean cut manicure that lasts for ages. And I feel like every time I go to any other nail salon, it's just like garbage compared to like what I get at Pampered Hands. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I, you know, my my struggle with pampered hands is, as we've talked about before, I would yes. like a, a more luxurious experience. And yet, when I have sought that out and found it, I have still wound up back at pampered hands. And it really exactly. just... Exactly. It's... It's that girl. Yeah, for those for those of you that don't know, in LA, this this place like it's a very crowded, like no frills, like strip mall, like Vietnamese run, like nail salon. All the girls are so so good at what they do, and you walk in and there's no appointments basically. It's like walk in only, and you walk in and they lie to you and they tell you that the wait is like thirty or forty minutes just to like get you to leave because they're always too busy and I only ever wait like five minutes and then they see you and it's like I have I have actually sometimes waited for a very long time wow really I've left before because I was waiting too long Dalen, I think, maybe hooks me up sometimes because I, I, I'm always, like, in there. Because at one time, I will say, she was like, we don't have anybody to do. I need, specifically needed a gel extension. She's like, we don't have anybody to do that. And I was like, please, Dalen, I'm in a rush. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then she, like, moved things around and got someone to, sh- to see me, like, in five minutes. I feel like, I felt like I was, like, a celebrity or something. Have you started watching Miss Marvel yet? Yes, it's a perfect show. It's so it's so good. Oh I really God. I really am enjoying it. Um I think it's so fun. I've watched all the episodes. I'm so proud of Fati. I love how there are so many different kinds of Pakistani characters and none of them feel like flattened. Like it's there's so many nuanced conversations about being Pakistani like in the show that don't really need to be in the show, you know what I mean? And yet they are. And I don't know, I love that the show makes space for that. In addition to just being funny, entertaining, delightful, like, the lead is so charismatic. Like, what else did you think about it? It's just so fun and such a nice, I think, departure from a lot of the MCU properties recently, which have been very, like, heavy. And also, I think the the stakes have to be really, really huge. And I like that this is a much smaller story um the main character her whole world feels very real mm-hmm. i think i was talking about this last week i think it's really interesting to watch a marvel show that kind of like is self-aware about the fandom of itself and kind of incorporates that into the story and i like that i like seeing someone who's like a superhero stan get superpowers like seeing this kid who like has grown up in a world where superheroes are real like become one and have that person be like Pakistani yeah it's just it's it's really well done so far I like and the crush is so hot Kamran the one that now is maybe involved Mm -hmm. in the Oh my god. I yeah, there's this it's just I'm I'm really excited for the rest of the show. I texted Fatih and I was like, "Please just give me the rest of the episodes. I need them now." I have really been bad at consuming pop culture recently cuz I've been working, I've been trying to be more social. Oh, well, I did last week watch the there's a new Netflix docu-series about fundamentalist mormonism and <laughs> right how evil it is and i did watch it in 24 hours last week and it was really disturbing it was interesting because i had just finished watching under the banner of heaven mm. the hulu show which is also like kind of the the um thesis of that show is like 
fundamentalist Mormonism bad, maybe? Um, yeah. And it's just like, uh, putting a light on extremely corrupt elements of the church. Yes. So interesting to watch both of those things. It's not like they were necessarily in conversation with each other, but like having watched Under the Banner of Heaven first, I then like watched this thing that gave me some more context for what fundamentalist Mormonism was actually like, which is cool. I also saw that um, Isabel Sandoval, who directed this really great film, Lingua Franca, directed one of the episodes of Under the Banner of Heaven that is being submitted for Emmy consideration, which is pretty cool. And she's a, a trans filmmaker. So oh, love that for her. Love that too. I finished The Staircase, so I have nothing, nothing left on my roster. And The Staircase, let me tell you, got really boring at the end. But it was worth it so that I could see Parker Posey giving one of the most amazing line readings I've ever seen, where she was like, laugh's not fair. Laugh's not fair, and the law reflects that. (laughs) She was incredible. (laughs) Which is such an iconic thing to say. I have been asking if we could do a Josie and the Pussycats episode for so long. Parker Posey is in Josie and the Pussycats? Yes! She's Josie? No, she's the villain. No, she's the villain. Oh, I did see, after I mentioned it last week, a lot of people have been asking us to do a Star Wars episode, so I really think we do need to do one. And... This week is the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and last week was so good with young Anakin Skywalker in a flashback, which was really fulfilling for me personally. <laughs> Definitely think we need to do a Star Wars show. I think you need to do some work. Okay, if you give me the prescription, actually, will you give the virgins and myself the prescription for a few that we might re-watch in time for our Star Wars episode. I think definitely the prequels, because the original films feel like so part of the collective subconscious to yeah. me that like... You don't need to rewatch. Yeah. And then the new ones, The Force Awakens, sure. I might actually watch The Last Jedi because I haven't seen it in a while, and I do think it's pretty good don't watch rise of skywalker <laughs> it is huge mega flop due to kaka and then of the tv shows like i will definitely want to talk about obi-wan kenobi okay. and like maybe the mandalorian a little bit but like i don't think you need to watch the mandalorian yeah i don't know about that maybe watch space balls maybe i'll watch space balls in preparation because I, I love space balls space balls oh my god joan rivers in it is so good i i mean joan rivers is an exception but like i just don't like like bro comedies like that i i just i i don't know i i just i don't know that that's what Spaceballs is i don't know okay. maybe i i i haven't seen it since i was a kid so maybe honestly i'll eat my words but i don't know if i'm gonna watch episode one episode one the phantom menace yeah, don't people yeah, say that that's, that's the worst that's, star wars movie ever it is and i'm currently in the middle of watching it i watched some of it when i was on vacation last week and then got distracted by something else and i did a, a rewatch of the prequels in like the very beginning of quarantine <laughs> and i skipped the phantom menace because of that wow. same thing like i remembered it being bad yeah, you have to but take breaths between do- jar jar binks uh, scenes maybe but i think because of that i need to watch it and also i'm you know ewan mcgregor is so hot in it so yeah, that's true. I'm just watching for him, really. Well, I guess. And for Darth Maul, I got my work cut out for me. Slash, I probably won't watch that much. You probably will do none of. That. I will do some. I will. De- I will have to do some because I. I don't remember. 
For any of the virgins who don't know yet, we are doing a live show on Tuesday, June 28th in New York City. It's going to be so much fun. Tickets are still available. Please get them and come carry with us. We are going to be doing a live episode. There's going to be shows from some amazing drag queens, a comedy set, cute little after party afterwards. Our first ever live event. You don't want to miss it. Yes, and it must be said, this isn't just like a podcast episode taping, okay? Like, I feel like podcast tapings get a bad rap for good reason because they're kind of boring sometimes. And ours is not boring. And please get your ticket now instead of waiting till you get to the door because they're going to be more expensive at the door. Get your tickets now. We would hate to have to turn you away at the door. Would hate And Fran and I will be standing there booing and hissing at you for not getting tickets in advance. How dare you? Shame. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's actually someone who wears a Newsy cap who works at the drive-thru Starbucks that I go to. and um, Here? Here. Oh. And and she, well, I guess I don't want to assume her gender. They <laughs> always say, um, have a good day, friend. And the friend feels very gendered. That. You yeah. think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's words yeah. like that. There's like friend, buddy. Buddy. Boss. Buddy's gendered. Buddy does feel like something that one of the like older men I picked up in a Borders would call me while yeah. he Ex- fucked me in the ass. Exactly. Well, when I was yeah. running late for a musical theater rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I do think this is kind of a perfect segue, though, because the, <laughs> yes, it is. It because is. the place where I first bought the 
novel, The Devil Wears Prada, was in a Borders bookstore. Oh, Because it is famously a book that was adapted into a movie. I forget. I literally forget. Let me set the scene for the virgins for anyone who doesn't know. So The Devil Wears Prada is a 2006 film that was adapted from a book by Laura Weisberger. And it is very famously about her time as one of Anna Winter's assistants. Um, she very loosely fictionalized it into this story of, you know, a young girl in New York City who goes to work for this, like, high-powered fashion magazine editor-in-chief um, and the trials and tribulations that she goes through. It was adapted into a film very quickly, starring Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep, Emily Blunt, Stanley Tucci, that guy from Entourage, who mm. every six months Twitter wants to remind us is the actual villain of the film, and also the woman who was in the Rent movie. And I would say for like, you know, a few years, it was just a normal good movie. It was just like an amazing movie, and everyone was happy about it. And then the, you know, the decade... And the half that followed was just everyone memeing this movie to death and claiming as the most important film of the gay community to have ever existed. The thing that I remember the most distinctly about the first time I experienced the movie was, I don't know if you remember this, when the first trailer was released for it, they did something which was very unusual for trailers at the time, which was it wasn't like a cut-together montage. It was the whole scene from the beginning of the film where Andy, and Hathaway's character, goes to interview at Runway, the magazine. Oh. And it was like very shocking at the time to get so dropped into the world in the trailer and i was so excited because i'd read the book i was very like you know i was a gay teen so i was always looking for what the chiclet of the the summer was (laughs) yeah yeah when it wasn't like the nanny diaries or (laughs) oh my god well nanny diaries was very much of the time yeah um in the era but devil wars prada far surpassed and i do think it is one of the rare book to film adaptations where the movie is so much better than the oh, book. Really? Okay. Yeah, because in the book, it's so obviously on Andy's side, and you're really only getting her experience. And Ooh. the um, you know, Miranda Priestley, played by Meryl Streep in the film, is so flat and two-dimensional and like is just the villain. And like in the movie, obviously, it's Meryl Streep. So like she's very humanized. You understand yeah. why she's a monster. She's still a monster, but you get why. And yeah. I do think it is really her movie. She was nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah. So Nori, place us in time. Do you remember like what your if if not your reactions when you first watched it, like how what was your how's your relationship to the film built? Like what 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 was your relationship to it? Well when I graduated college, I my first uh work was in the fashion industry. Because that's what I wanted to do. And so I graduated from college, moved to New York, and then first I interned at Narciso Rodriguez, yeah. who at the time was a, was a, a huge a big deal. Michelle Obama, yeah. you know, inaugural mm. inaugural dress, like mm. huge, like huge, huge, huge designer, and it was like so toxic and so crazy. And I remember thinking, like, I'm like Andy, like, just like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm like yes. Andy, like, because you know, it was like a lot of like yelling at me and like being like, clean this up and go here and like just very stressful. I was delivering like, uh garments to celebrities and like i just remember thinking like wow this is my like like i'm like this is so fabulous and it absolutely wasn't it was so bad it it was a time <laughs> where that kind of story i think was very popular and very 
desired in pop culture, like the peeling back of this super glamorous industry. I definitely think it started with America's Next Top Model, obviously, which we have Mm. covered on the podcast before. Mm. But, you know, we were also used to just seeing this world from afar. And this was one of the first times where someone was like, oh, this is very actually very ugly yeah. and very cursed. Yes. Um, and I'm going to spill all of the tea. All the tea. It is kind of interesting how <laughs> that movie or things like it, because Ugly Betty came out the same year, I think. Oh. Yes, it did. Um, that, like, I also, like, watched the this movie and Ugly Betty, and I, I thought to myself, like, I want to get treated like shit too. Like I there it's so <laughs> funny how like culturally there is a kind of like sadistic appeal to going to the an institution and just being completely subjugated. Well, it's like, like look you're at paying this, your dues. It's like look at this world, it's so ugly and evil and everyone's mean, but like you still want to be part of it. And there's something really yeah. glamorous about that survival in New York specifically, like I just, yeah, I don't know. There was it was something that I wanted to be a part of, and I, I, I didn't. I, I, in my mind, I was like, well, getting treated like shit is just a rite of passage. Like that's just something that's going to happen I'm, to me. I don't know if I, I don't know if I stand behind what I'm about to say because I just <laughs> thought about this, Love but that. I do feel like Josie and the Pussycats walked so Devil Wears Prada could run. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> could, thousand percent. You have no idea how right? many times I have tried to get Fran to watch Josie and the Pussycats. I have okay. watched it yet. It's, it's so fabulous, but I feel like Josie was the first, maybe not the first, but it stands out to me as a film that goes into an industry, this one being the music industry, and it's like very self-aware in the way that it's making fun of it, but it's also selling, as the watch, as the viewer, we're being sold stuff uh, absolutely even though it's self-aware of itself yeah. totally it, I, it's not trying to hide anything but we're being because devil wears Prada, it's still glamorous and mm-hmm. shiny mm-hmm. yeah and you also think about all of the industry buy-in that it has because yeah. they were able to pull yes. from real designers mm-hmm. and like real fashion people and were anna in it and anna famously. went to the premiere yeah and wearing she wore Prada. Prada. yes um so like it is very interesting that it's supposed to be this like skewering this critique of the industry and yet the industry is fully behind it because it at the end of the day is still an ad for it and it like reminds me of that line that Miranda Priestley says at the end like everyone wants to be us and like that's it's true you leave the movie you leave the movie being like okay sure I'm happy that you know, Andy quit or whatever. Kind but, of. Kind I mean, of. I want really. her to keep going. She yeah. made the wrong choice. I, yeah. I am and so she gave gross. all the clothes to Emily Blunt, who deserved no. Emily. This was, but in the book, she sells all the clothes, oh. which I don't support. That's fucking stupid. I mean, you would make a lot of money off yeah. of those clothes, but like, I don't know. I mean, Nori, did you ever work in like media? Media? Like, did you ever write? Like, did you ever like write for publications or work in a only, newsroom? Only freelance. I've written for Vogue. Um, written, yeah, just like, but just freelance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carrie Bradshaw tees. Carrie Bradshaw here. Yeah. Rose and I are tried and true recovering media girls. We and are. Well, Rose. Rose famously was my boss. Yeah, I was. Um, yes. I, I mean, not you know, not in. In what we would call traditional media, I think, you yeah. know, probably post media, the kind of new media where <laughs> where editorial people are going over to tech. But, you know, Fran and I did spend years as um, you know, like editorial people at. as as editorial people in like 
real editorial, like right and clickbait. Yeah. Um, you know, wow. and it's so much less glamorous than anyone would ever imagine. Because there's nothing glamorous be. about clickbait and traffic margins. Right. Like, you know, it's like just we not never, fun we do. never had the experience of, uh, or at least I never had the experience of working at like a big company like Condé Nast. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that would have been different? But I still think it's like, kind of the same everywhere and like especially when you're at a freelancing level you know you're just like still off in your own space like writing like at least i my time in you know media was either writing at home and like writing gay clickbait or being <laughs> in an office where it was like all fluorescent lighting and no one was getting paid well, and people yeah. were suing the owners of the I mean, company. We didn't work at Conde, but even working at Conde, like there only very few number of people at the company have access to the glamour that's in the, that movie. You know, obviously culture is cyclical. I kind of think that kind that thing might have a resurgence, or at least I feel like print media might no. come back. No girl. Yeah. No. I I've I've <laughs> I've watched so many different print resurgences and I will tell you it's never coming back. Do you remember print those? is dead, books are garbage, magazines you, are toilet paper. Do you remember the the pivot to video moment in media <gasps> where every media company laid off tons of employees and pivoted to video? Because Google was literally lying about data that it had yeah. about Facebook ads to every single company that it was working with. Yeah, I was I was reading an article about this because oh, I, I read an article about um, Hot Ones, the show where mm-hmm. celebrities go on and eat really spicy oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And they were talking about how that was born out of that era in media where everyone wanted to pivot to video and it's like the only successful thing that ever came out of it. Yeah, I hate the worst thing about that is making these like YouTube like idiots like celebrities like (laughs) that to me is like that was one of the like the four horsemen of the apocalypse (laughs) like like, like, like James Charles yeah it was like once they started to become like invited to the Met Gala and stuff like that Logan Paul's running for president yeah it's just like oh my god it's over I was like it's over these are like children who are like so uniconic and just like just young like it's just their youth yeah like, so it, so uh, if the devil wears prada took place in 2022 no don't do what this. would oh, it no. what would it even be like i'm not saying who would be in it but like what would it be because that world doesn't exist so would it be like <laughs> all these girls working from home <laughs> yeah so yeah. would they be at a tech company <laughs> well it could well, sorry, what i'm thinking is like miranda Priestley. They've pivoted to video, and she needs someone She's a who knows creator. how to. She needs a content creator. Yeah, yeah. And Andy is like that content creator, but was doing like used car videos before, or like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah, she's yeah, and she's she, doing like she, thrift hauls. Yeah, and now she's like and she's having gay. The crimp she's, she's a lesbian. She's definitely she's a lesbian. She is she's a, lesbian. A, she's a lesbian. She makes she makes Taylor Swift lesbian conspiracy <laughs> yes. theory TikTok. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that's her life and her true passion. She doesn't care about this fashion stuff. Yes. No. And then they're like, now you have ticks. to start making fashion videos. And she's surprisingly really good at really it. Really good at it. Um, and she can fem it up. She fems it up and everyone's like, what's happening? And yeah. also, obviously, in this version, she <laughs> she um, and Miranda fuck. Oh, they're, yeah. They have, there's I do the vibe. see that. Yeah. But because Miranda's or having maybe, trouble at home. Or Emily mm-hmm. Blunt. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. I think that would make more Ooh. sense. Well, I think she and Emily Blunt, like have a friends with benefits situation where Mm. Emily Blunt like does secretly Mm. love her. Sure. But it's still very casual. But then 
you know, Miranda comes in as the mommy figure. Yeah. Um, and is like three way. Three way. You know, yeah, yeah thruple. <laughs> thruple. Yes. And then like <laughs> instead of going to like fashion week, they're like, okay, you're going to South by Southwest. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> We're sending you to Coachella. You're going to Cannes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to ask, sorry, this is like very much backing up, but Please. what are the words that bait gay people the most for clickbait? <sighs> like what what is the biggest bait for gay people? That's a great question. That is, so yeah, that is a really good question. Sex stuff, but not explicit sex stuff. Okay. Like you can say, you know. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example. No, because we can't someone because we would down we would always think about like what's the perfect headline for like SEO, and then also like in the actual URL, like what are the words? So I think the most. What, so Fran and I used to work at Out Magazine, and um, we worked in digital and, and print as well. But I think some of the most popular stories of all time were like top 200 gay sex things to try, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Um, and or then, like 11, 12 steps to like having anal. Like just, yeah. So it's just like a Cosmo yeah. article. <laughs> yeah, like totally. Yeah. You're telling me that like we haven't evolved past like a Cosmo no. article. Yeah. And then, and then of course oh anything that makes people angry, which, so yeah. I had a, I had an article that oh God. really infamously went viral and is probably still going viral right now. <laughs> and it was, um, dear gay men, stop telling women they can't go to gay bars. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So any, any, Anytime, yeah, anytime mad. you say "dear someone," oh, you can't do this, this. thing that you yeah. want to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is it, it was horrible. There are still people who like email me about it, <gasps> slide into my LinkedIn notifications, my, comment LinkedIn. on my tweets. Yeah, because it's the kind of article that gets resurfaced every six to nine months no, and God. makes people mad. And like, obviously, they don't read it; they only read the headline. Yeah, um, and they're like. Oh, like we don't want bachelorette parties and gay bars, and like uh, the article was obviously like um, also queer women go to gay yeah. bars, so like don't tell them they can't be there. But you know, I, <laughs> as a former journalist, I don't stand behind literally anything I wrote. Absolutely, and there no, are never there are never. hundreds of articles mm-hmm. out on the internet that have my name on it. It's very terroried. Like there's naked pictures of me on the internet from Cruel Intentions, and I mean there's also naked pictures of me on the internet. But I feel worse about the clickbait, and I would <laughs> like it all scrubbed, scrubbed, yeah. scrubbed. I, I miss the era of writing when everything was paper and we didn't have to worry about the eternal archive that we now have of work yeah. that we're no longer proud of. Well, you that's why I mean? it was. That's why it was nice to work in social media for our, you know, tech overlords. Is that your nothing has your name on it? Nothing. It's all just tweets. You don't have to yeah. sign them. That's nice. That is nice. One of the <laughs> best performing tweets ever. The the page that I used to run that I used to write for was "Gay people are some of the gayest people you will ever meet." <laughs> I wrote that, which is so funny. Yeah, yeah. and it's like it has like fifty thousand likes. <laughs> so stupid. Huh? It's so stupid. It really is, right? That is it. You have to get paid to do dumb <laughs> like, shit. What does that even mean? That's that's honestly <laughs> the problem with like the Devil Wears Prada. Is they took themselves way too seriously. Mm. Actually, like fashion in general, I'd be curious to hear more about like your where. You, how you started it in fashion and like what your relationship to it now is because like that movie obviously it's an exaggeration but like 
fashion really is that horrible. Everyone yeah. is that mean. Everyone's like a fucking fascist. Like everyone has no allegiance to anything outside of capitalism. And it's like, so I don't know. It's just, and it's like extremely racist, queer phobic, fat phobic. Yeah. Um, and they thrive on exclusivity, yeah. you know? And it's like yeah. the la- like the whole... Gaslight the- gatekeep girl boss. Yes. And the theme at the end to be like, everyone wants to be us. Like that is the ethos of Vogue and all the brands trying to be Vogue because everyone is trying to be Vogue. It's like you, because you don't belong to this thing, we are forever going to make a profit. Like I, one of the, one of the first, so when I, when I was at Narciso, like there was one, um, because I, I I interned there, and there was one intern who was so wealthy and like so rich, like some sw- his dad was like some Swiss like banker or something, and like it was it became so real to me that like the way that we like ascribe like like morality to like affluence or like like people who are affluent are like are better or like mm-hmm. somehow like just like better people or just like that's what we do. And like the way that everyone just like loved him and just like were obsessed with him. And like, because he was just rich, like truly because he was rich. And like, that was one of my first, like, Oh, like, okay, this is, this is what this is. Like, this is what's important. This is what's going on. Like, and that sounds so like, I'm I'm not naive. Like, obviously I, I always knew that. And, but it was so like in my first time that was like, so in my face of like, he's not more talented than I am. He's not, but just because he's like fucking rich, he was the only one of us who actually got hired like to the team. Oh my because, God. Because he had all these connections yeah. and like, he could have, he was able to bring so much more than just his like skills at a job because of his connections and, network and you know what i mean that's what a lot of people that's what a lot of people don't get about these industries like fashion like media like entertainment is the people who succeed are usually the people who have some kind of you know class privilege that allows them to work for free for 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 long enough to work their way up the ladder that's how it works even you know now being in Hollywood, in the business, like, you see that people in, you know, like, content positions, executives, are people who started their, you know, their professional careers as interns because for some reason they were able to work for free for, like, yep. five to ten exactly. years. And then yet they still want to split the lunch bill. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Put it on interns. the corporate card, babe. Yeah, they still send you the Venmo request oh, after yeah. and you're like, are you sure? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. In Devil Wars Prada, when Miranda Priestley is coming to the office for the first time, and there's the montage of all the employees freaking out. Yeah. I iconic. actually, I empathize and relate to the most. So there's this very plain Jane looking woman <laughs> who's wearing sneakers. And then she like puts those away and then puts on heels. Mm-hmm. I actually like really like related to her because I was like, you know what? She lives in Jersey. Like she, <laughs> she takes that path every day. The to path. Get, she takes the path. She gets in. She has, she has like maybe a family, maybe like she's the first person who went to college, maybe. Mm, yeah. And then she, she's in there. She has her tennis shoes on, and then she put, she puts on the high heels. Like I'm like, that's who I worked with. Like all the yeah. people at, because after Narciso, I also was at uh, Michael Kors, and like for for the for the main line. I'm so sorry for the for the main. Just not, to be clear, no diffusion lines. <laughs> no, we're talking top floor. You're talking work, Project Runway. Yeah, Stata. working yeah. with Michael, he's actually great. He's wonderful. Love. And so basically, like all the women I worked with in that for the women's wear line, they are from a working class background. Like they were like. It's like the people who who are in those businesses and who actually do the work and make it happen are people from like middle and low class backgrounds mm-hmm. who had this dream of like working in fashion, but their lives are very normal and like they didn't dress like luxurious or like they they were wearing like very basic clothing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like the all these glamorous industries are run by very like non-glamorous people. Well, I mean, you have to think about the the you know the iceberg of it all. Yeah. Like we only see the the part that sells us the thing, the part that makes everyone wants to be us. Um but you it there's uh, the bottom of the iceberg is full of just normal people and yeah. everyone who is not visible like there's this huge like swell of resentment around all the people that do get to like inherit all the glam and they get all the free gifts and they get the invites to and all the parties. And who do very little of the work. Do very little of the work and take all the vacations. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you and I are no stranger to like being the people that are doing. No. And that's why, you know, like as, as a journalist, like when you're working in media, you take as much of the glamour as you can get. You take the press trips mm. and the free the PR <laughs> because you're getting paid nothing. Yeah. And so you yeah. have to like find some way for it to make sense. And also you learn very quickly to look down on the people who are in the rung below yeah. you. And yeah. like that thing you were talking about earlier about like the everything being 
kind of powered by working class people that have a dream. Like, that's why Ugly Betty is so good. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, my God. Love that, Ugly I mean, Betty. Rose and I Incredible. talk about it all the time. We're going to obviously do Camp. a whole episode on it someday because it's so important to us. But, like, Betty showing up to that space, like, as herself from Queens wearing the fucking poncho, the poncho. probably wearing sneakers. Yeah. Like, that is, like was my dream and I also like I remember my commute from Brooklyn to like get my publish my first publishing job in New York was an hour like and I remember wearing gym shoes to the office and then changing into like my yes. nice shoes once I got there. Okay, see, I never did that. I wore, <laughs> I either wore sneakers the whole time or I like, you know, was in pain the whole time. I committed wow. to the bit. And this was right when I started wearing exclusively black, which was also very like, you know, me trying to be fashion girly. Yes, you and did. So you did have a black era. I had a black era <laughs> where like I literally only wore black. If you open up my like closet, it was like a cartoon closet. Just, but like, it's also because you're colorblind. I'm colorblind. And so it's like it less it to worry about in the morning. Yeah. Like, I don't have to mix and match stuff. And also, I mean, it's a good way to, like, invisibilize your outfit so people don't, like, you know, judge you for what you're wearing. And also, it's easy to make black clothes, like, look expensive. Well, it's very fashion. Yeah. And it's, like, that, really just Zara. There's yeah. that whole That's kind of, like, fashion. myth that, you know, all the designers, like, they don't care what they wear. And they just, like, yeah. Yeah. they have a uniform. They wear the same thing every day. And, like, I'm sure that's true of some designers. But I want to be that girl. I mean, I used to be. You know, sweet. She, like, I always, like, was obsessed with her and looked up to her because there's nothing more powerful than, like, an ugly woman who's, like, who's at the top of her game and who doesn't give a fuck. Like, she never mm. has make. she's, like, bare-faced, wearing, mm. like, God knows what, and she has the most, she makes the most fabulous, beautiful clothes. Like, mm. I, like, that's what I aspire to be someday. It's, like, mm. I, I, when I, I, I go, I'm in a writer's room and, like, when I go to work, I look like absolute complete shit and it feels like power. I feel powerful because I'm like, no, like I'm going to like, you're, I'm here because I'm talented, not because yeah. of what I look like. Yeah. Or I save that for, you know, what, when I, when I need to like look good, I look good. But like, if you're not paying me to look good, I'm going to be ugly. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That is, that is what it is. It's, it's like you, I'm only putting work into my appearance when it's making me money. You get, you I'm not get doing that for, for free. Yeah. Like, I feel like was yeah. Grace Coddington like that? I feel yes. like she was never wearing makeup. Oh my God. She used to be a model and like she was, she was a model. Yeah. And then, and then she, then got she into was like a car accident or. She oh yeah. Have you ever seen Grace Coddington in the wild? Yes. I, I have once. twice yes. and they were both euphoric experiences. Yes. Once was on the subway was on the A train going downtown and then the other time was seeing Portrait of a Lady on Fire <gasps> at Angelica. That's wow. amazing. I'm so glad she's yeah. saying I, that. I used to work at Gagosian Gallery in New York. Oh, that so once I hated the once I was like I can't do this anymore. Fashion is horrible. But I still wanted that toxic experience. I was yeah, like, yeah, you go over to art galleries. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna go to an art gallery. So then I started working at Gagosian. Wait. And like that was in that was the true buffoonery of it all was working at Kagosian. That was like insane. Wait, did you ever watch Gallery Girl? I was gonna say, I did, I did. I did. Which girl. none of those girls ever, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're yeah, like yeah. pariahs. Yeah. They would never actually but make it in also, the But also world. that that TV show and I think like that like art gallery world does feel very post Devil Wars Prada. Yes. Because also it wasn't, wasn't Gagosian kind of part of the nanny diaries in some way i, I think maybe oh. i think maybe the mom worked there 
Um, but yeah, can you explain not Gallery Girls for the Virgin? Okay, Gallery Girls <laughs> was important. a show on Bravo. Mm. It only lasted for one season. And <laughs> one it was, season. And it was about a bunch of girls who worked at different of art lightning. galleries. It was trying to do <laughs> for the New York art scene what Devil Wars Prada did for the fashion scene. And so there were like a couple different camps. There were the girls who worked at like who were trying to be like Sotheby's girls. Um, there were the girls who worked at like the downtown art yeah. galleries like Gagosian. And then there were the Brooklyn girls who like opened up this space on the Lower East Side that was by my old apartment. And they were like, awful there's this girl chantal who's like a monster chantal that is incredible yeah. chantal is a monster she's name. either dead or in prison <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's, and i will say the reason why that show didn't work is because the art world is shrouded in secrecy and they don't they'll, they'll never like if you really are in you are never going to 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 share what is actually happening totally because the art world really is just a like money, money laundering. laundering business yeah. it's it's and i've witnessed it st- i i can't remember if i signed nda or not but i i don't care but like basically <laughs> like i would witness things where like you know you know larry would tell larry gagosian is the the owner mm-hmm. and he he has been accused of like controlling the art market and whatever and i've witnessed stuff like that where like you know there's there was a famous artist that he represented maybe at the time i don't know if he still represents this person or not but um he was on the phone and he was like he was like stop making green nobody fucking buys green start painting red 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 and then like hung up because <gasps> That's insane. yes and like literally he he would tell <laughs> to them tell what to artist? yes oh my and God. These, are, these paintings sell That's for millions and millions Priestley. of dollars that is miranda and yeah. like to me the art world was so much more fabulous than the fashion world because they're one of my favorite uh, women I worked for named her name was Valentina and she is Prada's muse. And so mm. every, well, one of her muses and every day she would be head to toe Prada fresh oh. off the runway, God. not in stores and just like, just like so chic and so, so hungry. They were all like, I mean, this this part is not very fabulous. Just the eating disorders were like oh, yeah. really hard. Like I worked for another. I was the assistant of a few women, and um, of course they put the like little twink. They're like, okay, twink, like because yeah, like no one was the, gay. The yeah, uh, the, everyone was straight. I was the only. There has to be one token. Gay that I was around. like the only gay yeah. at my where I was working, and um, they put me with all the like women or whatever. <laughs> of course, <laughs> they put me with the women, and like of course, and like there was this one like God, like she was so um, fragile, like she had just gone through brittle, a, brittle, fragile. She, brittle. Was, she had just gone. Th- she was going through a divorce. She was like on something always, oh. daily blowout, blowout every single Whoa. day. That she was at be, the dry bar. She had a regular day. appointment. Every day during lunch, instead of eating, she'd get a blowout. <laughs> and I would always, I'd go to St. Ambrose. Because fed her more. <laughs> Do you ever go to St. Ambrose? The like, it's uh, on the upper side. It's like, it's like these little sandwiches. They're like very expensive. But like, oh, no. I'd always go and like get her these like little sandwiches and like try to get her to eat and them. And she'd be like, nothing tastes as good as dry bar feels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she was so delicate and fragile and I just wanted to like save her like yeah. from herself but you can't but yeah. i couldn't oh my god the ed <laughs> culture that's also obviously a, a huge part of the divorce problem right. like yes how they're always talking about how Anne hathaway is fat and calling her the, the biggest insult is calling her a six a six which uh, is can you like, believe can you believe a size, a size oh. six and size, ah! she's size. so 
She's so thin. I think she so stupid. she at the time did she gain weight for the role? I think she might have no, talked about how she gained I mean, maybe. gained. I'm doing air quotes. Oh, I do remember gained that. I remember that for the role. Yeah, and she looks so fucking good. She looks amazing. Juicy. Oh my yeah. god, her she. I mean, that was her role. That was yeah. Anne Hathaway. That was the beginning and of I, the zonk. I do yeah. think there were a couple other women who were up for it, um, but she got it, and she oh, yeah. looks incredible. Acted the shit out of it. Her her bangs are so good. Yes. Um. The I mean, obviously, like it's it's so I am so over it at this point. But the Chanel boots, the, the moment boots. we have to talk about the montage because. Fa- Any, like the fashion oh, the montage oh, where they just yeah, like, look after look yeah, after makeover look. montages yes, yes. look fashion montages in movies uh, are incredible i do think this is one of the best if not the yes. best of all time because it's set to vogue yeah. by madonna and every yeah. time the cars pass it's a new outfit i was yeah. like that's that's art w- watching that's it art. in cinemas for, in, yeah. in the theater for the first time i have never been more gagged yes and I think some of the some of the looks, I actually would say all of the looks hold up, like stand the test of time. Um, I when you yes. were talking about Anne Hathaway not being the first pick, I was looking at the alternates, and the first pick was Rachel McAdams for the role of Andy, which would have been oh. crazy. But like, it's... it would have made sense because it was pretty much directly post Mean Girls and The Notebook. Yeah, um, ex- so I think it would have been. It would have been because Anne Hathaway was not a star yet, so it was a star-making role. But can you imagine Andy as a? Would she have dyed her hair? Would she have been a brunette? No, because Rachel McAdams was a brunette oh, at the time. She actually. Okay. okay. I was. I, I was watching a TikTok. About it this. has to be a brunette. Was brunette. I, I was watching. Um, <laughs> I was watching a TikTok about this the other day. Rachel McAdams refused to dye her hair blonde for Mean Girls. She wanted to play Katie yes. originally, and so she had a wig yes. that was worth twenty thousand dollars to play Regina. Uh, I do, yes. And Lindsay Lohan wanted to play Regina. She wanted... I didn't know that. The other people they went out to for Andy were Kirsten Dunst, Scarlett Johansson, Natalie Portman, and Kate Hudson. Ew. Can you imagine that Natalie Portman in that fucking (laughs) role? Oh my God. No, keep her in Garden State where she belongs. I do love Natalie, but... Oh my God. There'd be like a scene where she's like in the Vogue closet, just like, just like, just like, just like scared in the Vogue closet. Scarlett, Scarlett would have... I think would have worked. And Scarlett was in the Nanny Diaries, which yeah. is, you know, the sister film of this movie. I, I don't know if any of the other ones would have no. would have been as yeah. good. It had to be Anne because Anne yeah, like, does have that energy of being like a bit of a try hard. Try hard. Um that is the thing that I relate to her so much. I get she tries so hard in and on and off yeah. screen. Annie. <laughs> Annie yeah. Hathaway. I mean, sorry, didn't mean to dead name her, right? <laughs> Annie yeah. Hath- Did you hear this that she rebranded to Annie? No. I mean kind I mean rebranded. I think it's what? She, I think show. it's that she in her in her everyday life. Most people call her Annie, yeah, and so now she's kind of coming out, coming out as an Annie. Annie. No, because she, but she had to basically all of her like Screen Actors Guild or whatever, or her whatever the fucking guild is, like she had to register as Anne Hathaway, and she did a long time ago, and she says she regrets doing that. She wished she could have done it as Annie Hathaway, and also Anne Hathaway was Shakespeare's wife, so she wanted you know the oh I forgot that she was the stage name. So is she going? She's going by Annie now. I think it's more like a. This is who Call I am. Call me by my name. Yeah, like, <laughs> Call me by my this name. is that. This is me. Yeah. Like a, this is me. Moment. This is. Me. Um, yeah. But I think she will probably always be billed as Anne Hathaway because that is how we know her. Okay. I also like the, in terms of villain of the film. 
uh, one of the points that stand out to me, and this isn't breaking new ground. I feel like people have discussed this a lot, but just like when she she gave like that fabulous like at the time Mark Jacobs purse, mm. and then the way that she just like wasn't appreciative. Like I know her the friends way, were awful. Off, yeah. The way she like gave them gifts. Yeah. And they were just like so mean to and her. And that no one was just like Because she's working hard. Yeah, no one was just like, Yeah, jobs are hard. Like yeah. I totally I understand. You're a woman you're a woman working in this industry. I support you. Yeah, no, yeah. they were all like, Oh my god, you're a horrible person for yeah. trying to like make money and like, you know, uh invest in yourself and your career. Yeah. I get why the boyfriend was mad because she was so juicy and then she got skinny <laughs> and for her to lose that ass like I get why he's like pissed yeah he's pissed the ass is gone <laughs> he's mad I do gone. love the scene where he makes them you know a grilled cheese the, gr- with the, the, gr- with the oh, Jarlsberg yeah. yeah the Jarlsberg oh my god cause who doesn't want to eat a grilled a Jarlsberg grilled uh, cheese and fuck right from BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Honestly, if back on the di- back on the convo of like if this were made in 2020 instead, like it really would be like her group of friends are not being like you work too hard. Her group of friends would be like 
there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, yes. and then be like, don't conflate your self-worth Yeah, they'd be your like, work. you're a class trader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, a cl- yeah. you're a class trader and you need to quit your job and become a freelancer. It's the only they'd way to be They'd all have like, telfars. They'd be wearing telfars. Different colors. Like, how dare you? Look at you in your Prada bag. Telfars, Barragan, Willie Chavaria, Ghani. Ghani. Ghani in there. Head to toe Ghani. Oh my God. Um, That montage um, where they, um, where they're like, they're like, Miranda Priestley's coming or whatever. That is still kind of true to life with Anna. Like, you would think that that would be kind of a cartoonish, like, representation of how she exists inside the Conde building. But, like, I had a friend that was, like, at Conde, like, seeing Anna for, like, a meeting or whatever, literally, like, last year. And he was telling me that, like, of the four assistants that he had to coordinate with in order to, like, make this meeting happen, three of which were present at all standing in the room waiting with him while they were all waiting for Anna. They're all just standing there on their phones, just like standing next to each other silently looking at their phones. And while he was waiting, one of them just says, Anna's walking. And like, he's like, "Uh, are you saying that to me? Are you saying that to just generally? Like, but like her, every move that she makes is like calculated. Well, a lot of the things are directly lifted from her life. Like, her lunch order, which she recently revealed, yeah. is a steak and a caprese salad yep. with it looks no delicious. tomato. It does look delicious. It does. And in the movie, um, Andy goes to get her a steak from Smith and Walensky. And I actually, when I moved to New York City, which was the fall that this movie had come out, the first place my mom and I went um, when we landed in New York the week we were moving me into my dorm we went to Smith and Walensky for lunch, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm living my Devil Wears Prada fantasy." I just, I just remembered that at Narciso, we were doing, um, uh, it was during Fashion Week, and we were doing a presentation in in studio, and we were like, you know, it everything was on schedule. We were dressing the models. It was like very, very normal. All of a sudden, someone run. This is all I, I forgot all of this. Someone ran in and goes, "Oh my god, Anna's here." Because she had arrived two hours early without any, did not tell anyone Mm -hmm. the amount of chaos. Everyone was freaking out. It was like the worst energy. Everyone was so scared. Mm -hmm. And we we just had to dress the models, literally like slap makeup on them. And just show Anna because she was there. I am kind of obsessed with the idea that of of the world being on your schedule. Yes. yes. That is iconic. I would and love she that. Also yeah. famously like doesn't doesn't she like not even have a smartphone? Maybe yeah, I think I she has a razor or, or she has a BlackBerry. I think she's Oh my a god, I miss my BlackBerry. I miss my BlackBerry oh. too. Oh, oh my god. But she yeah, famously does I feel like she is always like she always ends meetings. She thinks that every and no meeting should be more than like 5 to 10 minutes. Which I love. Which is true. That's so true. It's so true. Did you see so my friend um Allison has a show in New York called I think it's called Oh God a show about abortion uh-huh. and Anna Wintour came to it and the person outside taking oh, the ticket asked, her, asked, for, her asked ID. for ID and then she was like are you kidding me and Ooh. she was like no <laughs> and so she had to get her ID out <laughs> and show the person her oh, ID she it got was... humbled wow I love she that was she humbled. actually carries her ID though yeah she had it I, I mean truly truly a sir okay yeah. something we do need to discuss <laughs> is the Harry Potter book. Do we really oh, need to discuss do it? Do have to do because we? there are currently 
three trans people on this <laughs> oh, podcast okay, and we oh must invoke oh, J.K. No. Rowling. In, oh, in, no. in the, the Devil Wears Prada, it was the seventh She's book. coming. Was it the seventh book that she was getting? <sighs> or the no, it was, I think it was the f- the fourth book at what? the time. Oh, wow. Um, it feels like... Because wow, I think that the time that the book came out, it would have been the fourth one in terms of the publication schedule. Okay, wow. And that, Maybe that was the most fifth. crazed. I feel like the fourth one was the like it yes. was one with the most fervor. Yes, yes. it was when yeah. it became like an event that, yes. that they came out. Lines and there was outside yeah. the Borders bookstore. Yeah, the border. um, yes. When there was so much secrecy about it. But like the idea that at that time someone could get an advanced copy of the most secretive book in yeah. the world mm-hmm. from a woman who we now know is pure evil yes um is ridiculous but yeah. you know i wanted to be one of those little twins reading that book early evil maybe, begets evil maybe andy called jk she was like I also hate trans people <laughs> and this is a safe space where we could talk about it. Yeah. And then they had a conversation and she's like, you know what? You're cool girl. And then she just like gave her, she gave her yeah. that. Wait, she one was second. Like, so listen, the first thing we have to get through is trans women are men. Yeah, they are men. That's the, the, and we, they all, rape. we know this. And he called Chimamanda and he got yeah. DG they, into this rape. rape. Yeah. <laughs> no. And she was like, ooh, two advanced copies of stat. Yeah. I'm sending one to Chimamanda yeah. as well. <laughs> so two copies, one for all of the genders that exist. Yes. No. Oh, uh, I, I think that's what happened. I do. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. Exactly. I hope that like some news site who's listening to our podcast takes that as a headline and just runs with it. Breaks Click the bait. news. Yeah. Do you Click think bait. J.K. Rowling has seen The Devil Wears Prada? Probably, yes. yeah. If she, I'm, I'm sure she's obsessed with anything she's mentioned mm-hmm. in. Yeah, she certainly does reply to a lot of tweets. <laughs> yeah, she has the Ugh. time. Um, I have to say... Uh, you were talking earlier about like people that just want to show up and do the job, but like it doesn't matter like how they look. I'm thinking a little bit about Andre Leontali, who Stanley Tucci's Ugh. character was famously based on. Bless him. And I feel like, you know, obviously Andre is like very fabulous and like showed up to work looking fab, but he would he said often he was like, What I lack in beauty, like a self-deprecating kind of joke, he would say, like, what I lack in beauty, I have in brains. And that's like what I, what makes me necessary yes. to every single you know space I'm in and I think that's so true like especially in my experience like I oh I am the try hard I like don't have like you know the fashion chops a lot of the time and I feel like I'm not cool you know but I I do you are cool I, yeah, I'm whatever. like I'm like what are you ta- yeah. like, you look literally so cool <laughs> that's again that's not I'm you wearing have a, you have a very, in my you have in a my very Meryl, uh, my twisted Meryl, view of you yourself you have cool dysphoria you have cool dysphoria you do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well I mean I, I don't know maybe working in media I've just like um uh hammered the idea that I'm not cool into my head over and over again maybe that's just like part of the the conditioning Ugh. but regardless like I do feel like that is I think a lot of people forget about what it really takes to make yourself necessary because obviously, you know, in a superficial industry, you can show up to work looking fab every day and not really do a great job. Like that is true. Like it's not a meritocracy, but if you do prove your worth over and over again, like a lot of times that does make you necessary. Unless of course you work in digital media, in which case you are disposable. (laughs) Um, But like print media, it's like you're safe. You know, at Gagosian, I started as an intern and they they never hire interns. They just use them and they're all rich kids. So it's like like the kid of like so and so celebrity would like be an intern for a season or something. And so I went in there being like, I want a job. I want a job from this. I was a waiter 
the whole time I was interning, like trying to make money, like very come from a like a very working class background. And um, the way that I got a job was I started making the models of gallery spaces to prep for the show. So like whenever the curator wanted to see like, so before they like have the actual show, there's a architectural model Mm -hmm. and then you print out like smaller sizes of the paintings or the sculptures and then the curator moves it around almost like a dollhouse yeah and then that from that then they make the real show oh cool i started just doing that and it was very easy it was just like using very basic photoshop skills to like make this and before long i became the person that someone would call to make one like from london or china or like wherever whatever and so by the time they they started to actually like need me and they actually like couldn't i was the one who knew how to do these things even though it was base it was like basic basic skills all of you know our bosses were older people who would not know how to use any of those things and so by the time i was like i'm leaving because i got offered a job somewhere else they were like oh wait a second wait a second don't leave don't leave and then you know hired me on so it was like it's like literally just because of i was making those like stupid little well you you become indispensable that's what you have to do yeah it's like like, it's interesting yeah. yeah i don't know maybe it's not interesting i just like it kids if you're listening to this Yes, make yourself indispensable yeah, at your, at your yeah, job. But, no, yeah. I think, I'm sure all of us have done a version of that at yeah. different jobs that we've had. Like, you do something that, like, no one was asking you to do, and it proves to be very, like, either profitable or helpful or whatever, and then they no longer can, like, let go of you. I mean, that was very much my experience in media when I was working it out. Um, no one there was doing, like, junket interviews with celebrities and, like, we were always getting those offers because, like, we were, you know, the like the biggest LGBTQ plus magazine in the country. Um, and so I just started doing them because no one else was. And, like, I was really good at them. And, like, they would go viral. And then, like, it was something that the magazine kind of needed. And then I, like, had the power of this thing that no one had asked me to do. Yep. And I was just like, I'm going to do it and be really good at it. And then you're going to realize, like, it's actually really valuable to you. And then I'm going to leave and go work at town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to ditch you, leave you high and dry. That is the That is the other thing also just about, like, quitting your job in general. Anybody listening to this podcast, quit your job. Just oh quit God. your job. Ah, I just quit your ah, job. I just did it, and yes, it was so. Girl. And yes. I on, on my close friend's Instagram story, I posted the photo of Andy throwing her phone at the <laughs> fountain oh in God. Paris yes, as my so like an, as my like tease to my friends that I quit my job. No, oh but my truly, God. like the the artifice of like you needing a nine to five is like just like don't subscribe to it. Like you can work hard enough to work for yourself. It's not worth it. Every job sucks. That's actually the Every job sucks. Capitalism sucks. That is the lesson of the 2020 version of The Devil Wears Prada is that every job sucks. Working for the man sucks. Absolutely. And it's funny now to see like fashion try to create commentary on things that we talk about in the justice space now. Like... Brand like fashion brands trying to be woke and like I think fashion has like a responsibility to be sustainable. So I'm like not really talking about that, but like honestly, this like last Balenciaga runway that was like, how, did you see this? It was at like Nasdaq. 
or whatever. It was clips of it. Yes. And like the whole line was like a critique on like capitalism or something. It was stupid. It's a critique if you're like in, like, it's not a critique if you're, oh my God. It was so stupid. And they should stop trying to do that, which I say as I wear my Balenciaga. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. I was going to say, unfortunately, I thought the runway was very cool. I did too. And I really want some of the Adidas, Adidas Balenciaga. I don't want fashion or any brands to like have a critique on capitalism like no, you like no. companies do not have a voice in the conversation of like anti-capital it's like me so having like, a critique on being a dumb bitch or it, it, <laughs> honestly it'd be like it'd be like a slaughterhouse having a critique on le- being like everyone should go vegan like yeah. what like what yeah. like, it's just wait not... one second here and then they're like grinding a cow <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. no yeah it's just not um it's stupid sometimes but and I, I they obviously just made, do and they just they, they they famously just did the like ten thousand dollar dirty 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 sneaker. Yes, so I like, saw you know, that. Up in arms about. So it's like, come on. You know yeah. what I do do Stop. like though that they did, which was also kind of a publicity stunt like that. Were the cum shoes? What were the cum oh. shoes? Where, oh wait, maybe those weren't Balenciaga. Were those Margiela? I don't know. They were these shoes that them. looked like they were covered in cum. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, and I know like what you're about. you know, I would buy I'm them. Not, I would. You know what I really wanted was I wanted Alexa Demi's like <coughs> full the pants that went up to her shoulders look like the have you seen that have you seen that yeah. photo of her It is really in. gross the way that once you um have money to spend on nice clothes even if that's not something that you have traditionally cared about all you <laughs> you all of the sudden it becomes real important because I have like now gone through this these cycles in my life where you know like when I was a teenager and I went to college for the first time is at a time when my parents were like making a lot of money and I like had all this designer shit that like I didn't really care about but it was just like because I'd been reading the Devil Wars Prada and like saw the movie and I was like oh my god I have to have like a, a Prada backpack and then like I when I was like poor and living in New York and like my parents weren't supporting me anymore I like sold it all and like didn't care about wearing stuff like that and now as an adult like once I started like making real money I was yep. like oh well now I want nice things again yeah, yeah I just I um I just finished I'm finishing my first ever real lucrative job ever mm. I, and so i bought i bought a prada bag and it was like mm. it felt so honestly it was an incredible experience i love my bag i get nothing but compliments people treat me better which is yeah. insane when <laughs> i insane. when i it walked out of that shop with the shopping bag like the huge shopping yes. bag it was like wrapped love up love the shopping bag the the instant change of experience that I was having yeah. in the world was actually kind of dark and sinister <laughs> because dark. it made me realize how much of this stuff is just like code it's like Honestly, it's literally just I'm like the matrix to, like, just walk into a prod and ask for an empty just bag just get the shopping bag <laughs> I would have saved so much money if I just got the shopping bag because my experiences immediately started changing even like social interactions where I was um getting into an elevator to get to go back to my car and in the elevator walked a girl with her own Prada shopping bag. And I would have never, ever spoken to this person ever. But because we both had these shopping bags, 
we started talking about like, you get? what did you get? And then also like, are you going on a trip soon? Oh, you live here. Oh, you're from, it opened up this whole, and she had like a Jody. She had like a gorgeous mm-hmm. Bottega Jody. That, yeah. And that's my next, that's my next bag. But like, well, just they love don't, it. They don't hold a lot. <sighs> I don't care. It looks good. It, it is. They're very, they're very cute. They're very cute. And then the zipper's horrible. Yeah. I've heard all, I, I've heard all of these things, but I totally yeah. support it. So this it's, woman, this woman in the elevator. And like, it, it's just like, I would have never, and my friend was with me who was very poor and she was just like who I made come with me to get the bag. Like, you wanted you wanted so someone sick. you wanted someone to witness yes. your ascension. I made her to, come to with the next me. class level. That? She could like barely pay her rent. I like literally made her come with me, but like literally like the bag is No, there has rent. to be someone to have witness Listen, to it. This uh, is why I bought lunch. This- I bought lunch. Combating bad shopping habits is like the the, the 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 issue for me now. I feel like the things that I'm always telling myself that my friend Ange bestowed on me was shop for the collection, not the occasion. That's very smart. Because I'm always shopping because I have a party to go to or whatever. Mm. I have like an event to whatever. And I'm thinking specifically for that party. And then I might wear it once. Then like it's unwearable. Well, this is why you have to shop your closet, as I've heard a lot of people talk about on TikTok. Shop your closet. Shop your closet, which is, you know, go into your closet Mm. and treat it as like a boutique. Because you you will... Find things in there that you never wear, would never think of, like try putting things together. I have always ascribed to, and I think like part of this is like obviously like being a, a, a fat person in a world that like does not value or like you know, center fatness. Wouldn't even mm-hmm. consider. Yeah, it's like, I'm I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm like buying things that I can just like put on my body because I'm not a person who can go into the world and just like find a bunch of things that will go yeah. together in an interesting way. And I'm trying to now look at my closet and be more intentional about like, okay, I have all these pieces. Like, I don't need to just like find one thing that someone sold me that I can throw on my body and go out into the world that will like, hide my body or make it look better than it is like i have to be an active participant in the way that i present and show up in the world it create being like being bigger bodied or like whatever you want to call it like it uh because i am too like it it creates a panic where like if you find something that even if you like like 75 percent you have to get it because you're like i don't know the next time i'm gonna find something that fits me yeah. that is this thing uh, or also like vintage like, or something like that yeah. or yeah. like buying aspirationally like oh this is like a little tight but like you know it'll be good when I like lose yes. 15 pounds or whatever but I went shopping recently I had like bought a bunch of stuff online and it at Nordstrom it was delivered in store and I went and like tried it all on to see if I wanted to keep it or return any of it and there was a dress that I bought which was like bodycon is like not a uh, something that I usually wear and I was like oh like this doesn't it's not you know voluminous it doesn't mm-hmm. you know cover my body in the way that I would normally want a garment to and I was like but I'm fat like nothing that I wear is going yeah. to hide that fact yeah so like why shouldn't I like wear this garment that I really like and yeah. think I look good yeah. in um, just because it's not like doing the kind of disguise that I think some perfect piece of clothing yeah. is going to do one day. Recently, it doesn't exist. That's so true. I recently performed at the Netflix comedy festival and I w- was on a big show. And so I got a dress for, for this show and I always cover, I always, if I, I show leg, if anything, but like my like upper body or whatever, but for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? No. And I got this like dress from Eloquii that was like, 
cutouts and like you know very short uh, what i never i looked so hot yeah and people yes. were i it, i forget how like hot it is to have a fat body like literally like like curves and stuff like that literally like with, with the body con stuff i forget that i have these things that i'm like covering or whatever and people were like oh my god you look so hot yeah, because because fashion, I think like mainstream fashion and especially now that, um, you know, like body inclusivity is becoming something that as we're talking about, like mainstream fashion brands are trying to like wokeify themselves yeah. by catering to. But like they're doing it by just selling a ton of smock dresses. Yeah, like, that, oh my God. that's it. And, and probably still disgusting. not even like the most inclusive sizing. Yeah. And they it's expensive. Still stop, yeah. stop at a certain number. It's so like, expensive. It's never on sale. Yeah, it's never it's on sale. It's always like so I can't. Yeah, but like I want to uh, there have been times in my life where i have like really felt really embodied and part of that has been because of the things that i wear and like especially as someone who used to like be like i used to be a club kid i used to be a sex worker so i know what it's like to feel like like to have very concrete knowledge that my body is valuable literally valuable um and i like don't want to feel pressured by a world that thinks it shouldn't be to hide it yeah and the people that like are out there shopping and feeling that feeling of like i don't belong like these clothes aren't made for me like this industry doesn't care about me it's like yeah the industry doesn't but that's like a product of like the oppression of fashion like fashion wants you to feel that way you know what i yeah. mean and i feel like honestly like i only shop women's clothes so i just have to be reticent to the fact that these clothes are like not made or designed for like my body ever and and i feel like a lot of times you just have to, you have to, just as you said, do that work of being like, I don't care if fashion doesn't care about me. I care about fashion. There's something so sad about that and something I, I experience in my life, too. Mm-hmm. I was recently in a coach commercial, just like randomly, because like the th- I'm friends with the director wow, of the I didn't commercial. Know I didn't see that. It's That's like crazy. a really, uh, it's uh, Megan Thee Stallion's in it. And, oh, um, cool. I have to it's, see. It's a Mean Girls parody, and it was her idea. She 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 loves Regina George. So she was like, she was like, I want to be Regina George in this in this commercial. So um, I have a very, I'm a, I have a very large body and uh, all the clothes they had on set because everyone in the commercials wearing coach, nothing was going to fit me. Mm. So they actually had bought like clothes from Target for me to wear. And then I had like a coach like scarf or something. And it was such a bad feeling. And like literally the stylist came in and um, didn't even try to whisper or anything. And at that point I was wearing my clothes. Like I had not yet changed. And the stylist was like, that's not what she's wearing, is it? <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, first of all, I can like literally hear you and like, what the fuck? And, this, and then the person who was, uh, the wardrobe person was like, no, like, no. <laughs> but then like put me in these like Target clothes and like- and this is better. That's so yeah, fucked up and, because that yeah. means those people are bad at their job. Yes! And then all the other girl, like all the other girls in the commercial who I'm friends with who are like fit into standard sizes or whatever, whatever you want to call it, like they were wearing like gorgeous like jackets and, and even like the makeup artist, right? Like she spent maybe like 40 minutes on them. She, she spent five minutes on me and I had to be like, hey, I'd actually love some more makeup and had to fight her to put makeup on my face because she wouldn't do it. <gasps> and it's just like stuff like that where it's like, being a being a fat person in this industry is just like so hard and so violent. Like 
I, it's like what's harder being fat or trans because it's like yeah. it's because like in this industry it's just like they'd rather you be trans than fat it's, it's like like yeah because yeah. that, jewels like you know it's like these Please. like skinny little trans, the trans girls. girls are booked they're, and busy they're booked. and it's <laughs> yeah. crazy because it's hard to be uh, to be that person and come onto that side and do what anyone else in your position would do which is say hey you need it is actually not my job to worry about any of this yeah it's your job to it's your job to have clothes that fit my body and make me look good and put makeup on my face and make me look pretty so I can do the job that I'm here Literally. being paid to yeah. do. Yeah. I don't need to worry about any of this. I am a product and you need to Literally. you need to uh work around me. My recently I did a I did a tape set recently um which was really cool in New York and um I got another dress from Eloquy. And this one, these shorts are eloquent. I love eloquent. Yeah, it's great. Love. It's good. It's like clothes for us. And like literally, it it had a crinkle. It was made of pair of like almost like a parachute fabric. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So when I got it, it had this crinkle. So like I was like freaking out about it because of of sound. The noise, yeah. And like I was texting my friend, um, who. She has connections at eloquent and was like, "Can someone like just send me something or like I need something now?" And um. That's so. She chic. was like, be like, I right? need an outfit immediately. And she was like, girl, because she she's also a performer. She was like, girl, you're the product. Let the sound engineers do their job. Yeah. She goes, wear that dress. If you love that dress and look good in their dress, the sound engineers will yeah, figure it out. It's not and that, that was so that. empowering. I was <sighs> like, oh, she was like, you show up, you do what you're supposed to do, which is like do your comedy, and then like let them figure figure that you have love to be that. the miranda Priestley. Yes. the world is on your schedule i love that yeah. well you don't have to be horrible you don't have to be a complete no, monster but, but i think there are lessons to be learned from her and the way that she moves in the world and i do think the movie ends with andy realizing that there are some things she got from that experience and that job that she can take with her and some that she can leave behind You can tell us what you want us to watch or read or talk about next at 323-PENANCE. That's 323-736-2623. And we really do love your recommendations, so keep them coming, keep them coming. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us a lot. I am your co-host, Fran Toronto. You can find me at Fran Squishko wherever you want on social media. I'm Rose Domu. You can find me at Rose Domu wherever um, you would like. You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen. And Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Krainchich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week. See you later, virgins. Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.